0: Well, today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Jill Therialt, and we met this past summer. I got to thinking about it. It's like, man, it seems like longer ago than just this past summer to me. (laughs) I don't know why, but it does. We were at a Bereaved Parents USA national gathering. And we were both workshop speakers and I decided to go to Jill's workshop and it was so good. And I thought there were so many good points in it that I asked her to come and be a guest on this podcast. So Jill, thank you so much for joining me and welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you um, asking me to join you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. And I am really glad to, to have you. So let's go ahead and jump in. And the first thing I would like you to do is share your story. How did you find yourself in this world of, I call us, perievers?
1: Yes. Uh, so our son, Nathan, passed away in 1998, actually. It was two weeks after his second birthday. He died from meningitis. Um, he actually had an ear infection, and within 24 hours, he was gone. So um, it was quite unexpected his birthday actually is today. He would have been 25. So it's been 23 years since he's been gone. He died two weeks after his birthday. So um, he passed away on the 24th, which was actually my godchild's um, first birthday when he oh. died. And we buried him on Thanksgiving day. So oh, I can't imagine. The, yeah. So these couple of weeks are... Quite hard for our family. Uh, my husband and I's wedding anniversary is actually in the middle of the two dates, so oh. for years we never celebrated our anniversary. Mm-hmm. It was just too hard to to find joy. So, wow, I it, it's amazing how it
0: seems like whenever I hear another parent's story, it's like I, I can't imagine that. I can't I can't imagine losing my child that way. Uh, it's right. just crazy how we just have so much compassion for each other in in that sense. I, ris- I just really, I can't imagine yes. an earache and 24 hours later, he's gone at only two years old and then have all of that so compacted within that time frame. Wow. Yeah. Well, Jill, we are going to be comparing our grief to taking a trip. And that was what your workshop was on. And most road trips are well planned. We plan them out. We you know map it out, we know what we're doing, where we're going. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes we just do road trip and jump in the car and go. Some things in life are planned. We have them all planned out, and we all know that a lot of times things happen that are not planned. And losing a child is definitely not planned. <laughs> so that is true. Let's go ahead and lay the foundation for this. If I am remembering correctly, it has to do with crossroads. And this was kind of based on your own crossroads experience of leaving 25 years of working in the travel industry, which sounds fun to me, and just all of a sudden a crossroads and you became a Christian life coach and you have a business that you even named your business Crossroads Coaching. So can you start by sharing with me what you mean by crossroads, especially when it comes to navigating this journey of child loss? Sure.
1: So there are moments in our lives when we find ourselves at a crossroads. We feel lost. We feel alone without a map. And these choices that we make in those moments define the direction of our future.
0: So we are going to get into what you call mile markers. Now, there are three of them, and it's kind of the planned versus the unplanned road trip. So let's just start with mile marker one, and that is beginning with the preparation. So can you talk about like the normal road trip, the unplanned road trip, how that compares to the journey that we're on with our grief?
1: So with the normal road trip, you want to determine what your destination is going to be, right? We want to determine what route we're going to take. Um, some of us may like to take the most direct route to get there and others are scenic route people that mm-hmm. would be myself. Mm-hmm. And so we want to do maintenance on our vehicles, right? want to make sure those are ready for the long haul. So with the unplanned road trip, which is our grief journey, there is no preparation, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's unexpected. Even if our children had a long illness and then died, or if they died suddenly, like Nathan did, there's no preparation for that loss.
0: Right. And I just I'll attest to that right now. Yeah. I mean, Becca, she had heart issues for 10 years. And even though she needed to be on the heart transplant list and wasn't even healthy enough for that, it still was an unplanned road trip when she died. I mean, you just hold on to hope. Uh, There's no way you can't hold on to hope until it happens. And so yeah, it is still a very unplanned road trip. Yep, I
1: agree with you. So I think, you know, when we're in that preparation phase, if you will, um, it's just imperative that we allow ourselves the sacred space and time to grieve. Grief is something that we cannot ignore it waits for us. I've witnessed that through several support groups where people years down the road started unraveling, and they didn't understand why. And they realized they never dealt with the grief in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to take the time to work through that. I would also say that tears are healing. So many Mm -hmm. people try to hold back those tears, right? Mm hmm. But they're actually healing. And that is what helps you move through the grief as well. And I would also just offer that grief is unique for everybody. Not everybody is going to go down the same road or the same path. And that's okay. We have to just accept that our journey is different from other people's. Now, you also talk about like the weather
0: and the luggage, knowing what to pack. I mean, that's part of the planning, knowing where you're going to stay when you get there. None of that (laughs) happens on an unplanned journey, does it? I agree. Yeah, so true. There's just no way we can be prepared to get going. Let's talk about the weather. Weather is one of those things that I just mentioned. And I think about in the Hope Mobile, wind plays a big part or, you know, bad weather. We do not want to be driving in bad weather. So we will stay put for a day or two if we need to, to make sure that we're not driving in bad weather with 38 feet, pulling a car at 58 feet. So (laughs) so (laughs) um, we can plan for the weather when we drive or when we're planning trips, but on this grief
1: journey, that's not the case, is it? That is true. Yes. So our grief often starts out foggy, right? We feel like we're living in a fog. We have confusion. Um, It can be stormy, often emotional at times. You'll feel like it's overcast or gloomy, which to me is a representation of being sad or depressed. And at times you may experience high winds, just like you mentioned with your Mm -hmm. um, traveling. And to me, that was unexpected anger um, inhale at times we have that intense pain and we just need to remember to look for the silver lining or those glimpses of hope because the ring of sunshine is like a subtle reminder to us that our children are still with us.
0: Yes.
1: And just to remember that the sun is always there, right? It's just Mm -hmm. beyond the clouds, just kind of like when you fly, you get above Mm -hmm. those clouds that sunshine's there. So,
0: right. Yeah. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. So I think those glimmers of hope are so important, especially at the beginning, just a glimpse of hope, even if it just goes away right away, you have that glimpse. I think those are so important. So the, the luggage, it's kind of like letting go, like getting rid of the excess baggage. Yes. (laughs) Stuff we don't need to take with us, right?
1: Yes. So often a lot of parents carry guilt, shame. They feel mm-hmm. anger or bitterness depending on how their child died, whether it was a car accident or somebody else was involved with that. And there may be some unforgiveness. So I would just encourage them to focus on that and think about it and determine what you need to let go of so that you can heal and move forward. And so the lodging is kind of like, where
0: do you take shelter? Where do you find a place of protection and rest and that kind of thing? And that is connecting with other parents, isn't it? Most often that seems to be one of the best things you can do is to connect with other parents because it's a safe place. They can give you the hope you need. It's just a place of comfort because they get it. (laughs) You don't have to wear your mask. You don't have to explain yourself. It's just a, a safe place to
1: be, isn't it? Oh, I totally agree. The mask part you mentioned is so true. I felt like when I went to the support group with bereaved parents, for the first time, people understood what Mm -hmm. I was going through. And I could say whatever was on my heart. And I didn't have to sugarcoat it Mm -hmm. for the other person. Right? Mm -hmm. You could just be real and be raw. So I, yeah. I, and yeah. I didn't
0: go, I didn't do anything for quite a long time. First of all, I didn't have anything that was near me. Yeah. And second of all, I, I felt like if I could find a group like that, I was so miserable. I didn't want to go to a group where everybody was miserable who'd lost their child and we'd all boohoo and cry and I would leave feeling worse than when I went. <laughs> right. I thought that's what it would be like. And it is so not that. Yes, there are tears sometimes, but it is so... Healing. Healing is the word for it. There's something about being able to talk and other bereaved parents, they want to hear about your child. We want to let each other talk about each other's children. And we want to talk about what we're going through that nobody else understands. And it's, it's a, like I said, it's a safe place and it's comforting. It's not miserable. It's it's
1: comforting. You know, I became a chapter leader for Brie parents uh, about a year and a half after Nathan died. And I have to tell you, that was one of the best things um, that I could have ever done because I learned so much from that. And for me, it was such an honor to be with those parents and to learn those stories about their children. Yes. I just, I, I, it was an honor Mm -hmm. to be in that position.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think we're going to go on to, if I'm looking at this right, yes, mile marker two, which is actually taking the journey. Now that usually involves a map, at least in the old days, it was a map. (laughs) (laughs) I guess now it's a map on the phone. (laughs) Yes. So what is our grief map like?
1: For the unplanned journey, when I thought of the grief map, it just reminded me that sometimes we feel like we are all over the map. It's mm-hmm. hard to keep going when you're in the middle of a storm or your grief can just be overwhelming at times. Um, at there's times where you could feel lost. Yeah. So um, we just need to remember to determine what our, our compass is for us. What is that guiding tool that helps strengthen us and direct us on this grief journey? Mm-hmm. And I would you know, highly recommend people to take time to think about that, what that is for you
0: as far as needing like a a navigational tool or something, I think you and I would both highly recommend God. (laughs) Yes, and we know that a lot of parents are very angry with God, they blame him, we don't understand it, like shatters our relationship with him, because we don't get how he could call himself a loving father or a good God. And we have to work through all of that. But I think there's also something deep inside of us that knows we can't get through this without him. (laughs) It's a, it's a place of turmoil, but you do need to, you know, it's okay to let him know how you feel and let him know you don't get it. And you're mad at him and all that stuff. That's part of the relationship. Just keep leaning into that relationship, whatever it looks like, whatever it looks like right now, lean into that relationship And like we already said, I think another great compass or navigating tool is other parents who've been where you are. Yes. Yeah.
1: I agree with that for sure.
0: Now work zones are really common as we travel and you don't even have to be on a road trip. You can just be going from one house to a friend's house and (laughs) and you hit construction. Now we're next week, we're going to be talking about road signs. And so I'm going to put that aside, we'll talk about kind of the work zones and we talk about the work zone next time. So going from point A to point B, actually, if we have a planned trip, we can take too many stops that are going to keep us from getting where we're trying to go in a timely way. And that would be kind of like, I was thinking about that. It'd be kind of like unhealthy coping mechanisms,
1: wouldn't it? Yes. You're going from one place to another and then maybe to avoid getting to where you need to go sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true.
0: Yeah. So anything in excess
1: isn't good for you, is it in this time of grief? Yes, that is true. I will say, you know, the tears come, I would say, sit with those tears and embrace them. I've learned over years for me, when my tears come now, 20 some years later, I've realized those are a gift. Mm-hmm.
0: So I
1: like to look at them as that's time that it's stopping me in the middle of my day. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit in that moment with Nathan. And I'm just yes. going to think about him and just be grateful that I had him for the two years that I had him. So to me, I embrace them now. They're, mm-hmm. they're not a, a source of pain for me.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so important for those who are early in this journey to hear things like that. Yeah. So turning to alcohol, I do have a friend on this road now and she will tell people she turned to alcohol. She was not a drinker before her son died, but for about a year she drank rather heavily to try to avoid the grief, to prolong the journey. And she got to the point, her family didn't like her. She didn't like herself. And she knew she had to, you know, let go of the alcohol so she could deal with the grief. So shopping, excess shopping. I mean, it can be excess food. I mean, anything that we're doing in excess to avoid the pain of the grief. I mean, sometimes we do need a respite. We need a break and it'll be there when we come back. But as a whole, if you're living in excess, that's not a good thing. I agree. So if we find ourselves in that place, there may be times that we do need to go for counseling or even for medication. I know a lot of us don't like that. I do have one mom in Wisconsin that it was like two years and she just could not stop crying. I mean, it just, she could not stop crying. And she mm-hmm. didn't end up going and seeing someone, and she did get on some medicine for depression, and it really helped her a lot. That's not always the case. As a matter of fact, I think it's more often not the case that we need the medication. We just need to work through it. But there are times. Right. That there is are true. Times, yes, we should go see someone because uh, we've been through a trauma. The death of your child is a trauma, it's yes. traumatic grief. And so sometimes we need someone to help us process that grief.
1: I totally agree,
0: so while we are on a trip, normally we're looking through the windshield, but every once in a while we have to glance up in the rear view mirror and see what's behind us, right? Yes, but we yes. don't drive focused
1: on the rear view mirror, do we? No, no, oh my gosh, no, <laughs> yep, so true, you know. I kind of looked at the rear view mirror as keeping us stuck in the past. Mm -hmm. So some people think that if I don't remember my child every day, you know, I may forget them. Can't happen, can it? Right. (laughs) That's just not going to happen. That's impossible.
0: And and I think sometimes we feel guilty. How can I, how can I not, how can I go on with my life? And for the next hour, you know, how did I not think of my child for, the entire morning or afternoon. It's like, yes. how? what kind of a terrible parent am I? Well, do you think of your living child or when your child was alive, did you think of them 24 seven and call yourself a terrible parent? Right.
1: You know, um, one thing I struggled with in the beginning was I would go to the grape site every day.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: one day I didn't. Mm. And The amount of guilt I had over that was, I couldn't believe that. Oh my gosh, here all this time for two years, I've been taking care of them every day. Mm -hmm. And now I missed one day and I had to remember to give myself grace with that. Right.
0: Yes, for sure. For sure. And it's, it's crazy. Only those of us who have lost a child would understand that. I mean, most people would say, "Okay, something's wrong. You're going there. It's been two years. You need some help." (laughs) But those of us who've lost a child, we just totally get it. We totally get it. And I, you're so right. The whole guilt thing of when we laugh, when you know we don't do something that we were doing in our grief, it's just we just heap boatloads of guilt on ourselves and tell us we're a terrible parent, but. That's just not true. As a matter of fact, we really need to be doing those things and releasing the guilt and uh, all that comes with it. That's just part of this journey that we all have to go through that struggle of that guilt of feeling like we're leaving our child
1: behind, but we're not really leaving them behind, are we? No, no. And you know, I think that's been one of the blessings that I've had is I've always felt Nathan with me. So Mm -hmm. that has always been a gift that that I've treasured really. Mm -hmm. And I would just say too, in the beginning for my grief journey, I knew after he passed away, I just felt a strong sense that there was a purpose for this. I didn't understand the grief. I didn't want to go through it. Mm -hmm. I wanted Nathan back, but I also believed that God was going to use it for something. I didn't know what that was going to be, but I tell you 20 plus years later, I can see how he has used this great journey to mm-hmm. help other briefed parents. Yeah. And um, it has shown me compassion and mm-hmm. empathy. Yeah. And that doesn't mean God caused it. One, it, no, no he, exactly. he's not evil. He
0: didn't cause the death. He just the corruption of this world, the sin, the disease and sickness, yes. it takes effect on everyone who lives here. And so God just knows how he's going to, turn that around and turn it into something good. Uh, yeah. We'd rather have our kids back.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, <in> a heartbeat. <laughs>
0: but, um, but God is such a, a redeemer. And, you know, for those who maybe, boy, I'd like to feel my child and feel like they're still with me. Well, the, the memories are in you. And, and in that sense, they will always be a part of you. I mean, their, their life was part of your life. I mean, they're part of your being, so they are still with you. But the other thing is that they're still in our future, aren't they? I yes. mean, they're, they're
1: not in our past. They're in our future. You know, I used to fear death. And when mm-hmm. Nathan died, I no longer feared it because I, I knew I was going to see him again one day. And I think that is actually what has helped me on my grief journey, actually, mm-hmm. because I can say every day, I'm one day closer to seeing yes, him exactly. you know, in my Lord. That's what yes. I look forward to. Yep. We're not getting further
0: away. We're getting closer to them.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So let's go on to mile marker three, which is the destination. Now, I want to say that when we're talking about healing, we're not talking about everything's all better. It's like it never happened. That's impossible. But when we talk about healing, we're talking about first getting to a place where you can function again, and then continuing on where life can become good again, and you can have meaning and purpose again in your life. It's possible. It's probable it, uh, you know, if you do this journey, walking it with God and with other Bereavers, you will get there. You will. It doesn't seem like it when you're in that beginning part. Now, a normal destination can include things like sightseeing excursions, visiting national or state parks, maybe time at the beach. That's one of my favorites. Could be, (laughs) you know, doing some sort of a sports event. Maybe you're going to a spa. It might be spending time with the family. But there is a reason we choose the trips we take based on what we do when we get there. So my question is how does that compare with our grief journey of child loss? What is the destination? How are we trying to get
1: to that destination? What is it we're trying to get to? <laughs> I think we're trying to get to healing on the horizon, which was the theme of the Great Parents Conference, you know, this past summer. And healing's going to look different for everybody, just like mm-hmm. our grief journey is different. So for um as you mentioned healing is not that life is great again. It just mm-hmm. means that you're able to find joy again, yes. mm-hmm. right? And healing brings a deeper appreciation for life. I yes. find that I treasure relationships now. Mm-hmm. So um, I live in California. And when I travel back to Michigan to see family, I treasure those relationships. I want to see those people. I want to spend mm-hmm. time with those people because that means something. Nathan's death taught me life is short. Yeah, you need to enjoy the moments
0: mm-hmm. when you're
1: given those, right? And then for some people, healing is spending more time in nature. They may mm-hmm. enjoy hiking, and you may feel closer to your child when you're in nature, or yes. even with God. That's where I feel yes. closest with exactly. God. Exactly. Yes. So and um, you find comfort looking at your photos maybe in the beginning your photos were a source of pain for you because Mm -hmm. it was hard to look at your child but as time goes on you treasure those memories and being able to see those photos Mm -hmm.
0: that's very true that's another one of those words of hope that i think parents need to hear at the beginning that those memories and those photos aren't always going to be like a stabbing pain it will get to a point where it'll be, it'll warm your heart. Those memories will warm your heart. And there will always be moments where there's that stabbing pain, but yes. it's you're not going to live in that place.
1: Yes. And the pain isn't as intense as what it yes. was in the beginning either. Mm-hmm. You know, I've learned even 23 years later, grief is a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to think, oh, you get to five years and then it will be better. And <laughs> that has not been the case for mm-hmm. me. For me, it's lifelong. And when the holidays come up, you know, that's a trigger for me. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, especially for you on Thanksgiving. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's huge for you. One of the important things that we need to do part of this destination is learning how to embrace and to work through those different seasons of grief when they surface, isn't it?
1: Yes, definitely. And you just have to do what is best for you. That's different for everybody. For us, I found traveling to be a source of comfort. Mm -hmm. So we always traveled during Thanksgiving because I felt I was closer to Nathan and I felt like I was closer to God during that time. And that's where Mm -hmm. my source of comfort came from. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't ask you, Jill, do you have other children? I do. I have an older son. His name is Nicholas. Um, He was five years old at the time when Nathan died. Mm -hmm. And then we since had another son, Adam, so he wouldn't, there's eight years between him and Nicholas. Okay.
0: Okay. And I'm sure he hears a lot about his older brother, the the, the middle brother. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So another, I guess just one last thing I want to touch on, on this destination is learning how to use your pain to serve others. We've kind of touched on that, but I want to talk on that just a little bit more.
1: Do you have any suggestions on that? I would highly recommend getting involved with a support group, whether you can be a newsletter editor or you can be a chapter leader. I would also even recommend if that doesn't, you know, everybody has different um, skill sets and different. Yes. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would suggest like, Donating toys to tots or donating clothes. I purchased books before and taking them to hospitals over the holidays for sure. any kids that might be in a hospital.
0: Sure. So basically, find a nonprofit you can hook up with, right?
1: Yes. yes. Yeah.
0: Help yes. others through a nonprofit or maybe a scholarship fund of some kind. Yeah. So start praying and asking God if you don't have something yet. Kind of what is a Maybe not a final destination, but what is a destination that I can reach towards right now that gives me meaning and purpose right now? Even God can still flow through you, even in your place of darkness. I know it sounds strange, but you can still be a light to somebody else who needs hope, maybe in a totally different area of their life. You don't have to come out of that darkness before you can help someone else, believe it or not.
1: So true. That is so true. Use your pain to help others. It's really... uh, I found when I was a chapter leader, I felt that was how I healed actually Mm -hmm. by me focusing on the other parents pain and helping them with theirs that Mm -hmm. in turn helped me with mine.
0: Yeah. It's like, it brings the light into your darkness. It's like the light you're giving someone else. It, it shines back into your darkness as well and gives you your own light and a little bit, another glimmer of hope. Like we were talking about uh, at the beginning So Jill, I want to read a quote from your website. It says, I've learned to celebrate Nathan's life and focus on all the good memories we shared. Do I still miss him daily? There's not a day that doesn't go by that I'm not reminded of him in some way. And for that, I am truly grateful. And we touched on that just a little bit. Did it take a while to
1: feel that way before you felt grateful? It did. I will tell you in the beginning, the what if questions were always in my mind. What if this would have happened or what if it would have took place this way? Mm -hmm. And I found when those questions arose, I had to immediately tell myself, say three things you're grateful for, Mm -hmm. because I knew if I didn't, I was going to go down a dark road with that. Mm -hmm. So I would immediately say, I am grateful I had Nathan in my life for two years. And then the minute the what if question came again, I'd be like, okay, what else am I grateful for? It yeah. was not easy to do in the beginning. It was very hard. Mm-hmm. And there there's many days I couldn't do it. Right. But I will tell you, I had to keep thinking that you have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, like
0: saying, I'm thankful for, that I had Nathan for those two years. I think for a lot of us, it takes a while to even be able to say that. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know, to be grateful for that. That's another thing. That's a process that you may not be able to, that's not something you can be thankful for right away. No, I'm not thankful for the 29 years I had with Becca. I mean, it was a whole lot more than you had with Nathan, but man, I, I, I wanted to have 50 years with her. You know? Yes. So yes. I can, but you know, to, to realize that you can get to those points. And I think about how people, I, I don't know, I hear this like in church or when people talk about, well, think of something you could be thankful for, at least you're breathing. And it's like, I, I'm not thankful that I'm breathing. <laughs> I don't want to be breathing. I don't want to be here. <laughs> right. So you're, I just want to just kind of reiterate that it can be hard at first to think of those things that you can be thankful for, but they can be very simple things such simple things. Like I heard a bird chirping while I went to my mailbox and it actually sounded really pretty. I noticed it. (laughs) I mean, just the simplest things to be thankful for. I even
1: went through the, like, if you saw a ray of sunshine, mm. you know, those were just reminders to me that, you know, I was going to be okay, but I want to just, you know, remind parents that, everybody's journey is different and we just have to accept where we are in our, our grief journey. It's different Mm -hmm. for everybody. And, and that's okay. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I think we beat ourselves up because we look at others and say, boy, I wish I, I would have had their situation. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think with being a chapter leader, that also taught me to be grateful because I'd looked at everybody else's situation and their Mm -hmm. experiences with the death of their children. And I thought, Boy, I'm glad Nathan was at home when he passed away. Oh, Mm, I'm glad Nathan was with me when he died. I'm, you know, so you just have. Or like we already said, said, oh, I'm thankful I didn't lose my child that way or at that
0: age or at that. I mean, even the crazy things that we're thankful for in just hearing stories from other parents who lost their children. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I want to let you give you a chance to let people know how they can connect with you. We're going to be on again next week, but how can people connect
1: with you? What's your website or email? Um, so my website is called On God's Time, and it is www.ongodstime.net. And then they also, if they want to email me, they can email me at Crossroads Coaching on God's time at gmail.com. Okay. All right. And I will have a link
0: to those in the show notes. So if you just want to click on those links, that'll take you where you want to go. So Jill, as you and I end for today, you have a really good acronym for the word PEACE. And I'm guessing that these are things that you were able to incorporate into your life that have caused you to be able to say that you're grateful (laughs) that you have daily reminders of Nathan. So can you real quick just share that
1: acronym with us? Sure. So the acronym PEACE is PURPOSE, where we use our pain to help others, Encouragement, just a reminder to get involved with support groups and offer hope and encouragement to those who need it, or um, even for yourself, if you're in that space and you need that encouragement. Mm-hmm. A is for acceptance, and we uh, acceptance brings healing, and especially when we let go of anger and bitterness. C is for clarity. And that is you just, you know, you're healing when you're able to focus again and you start gaining that clarity. It's like that fog lifts, right? That we have in the beginning. And that's when healing happens and you begin to experience a guilt-free joy. And then E is for endurance. Allow the lessons that you've learned along the way to guide your journey. Approach each day with the anticipation of healing hope because it will help you endure for the long haul. Allow this hope to carry you through the difficult moments, continuously hope for a better day. And one day when you least expect it, it will be. Oh, that's a great way to end.
0: So Jill, thank you for sharing all of this with us today. And I look forward to hearing about the road signs on the next episode. Thank you, I appreciate it. I thought that was really good. I'm pretty sure there were some helpful things in there for you. We mentioned several times, as Jill and I talked, how important it is to find a way to spend time with other parents who have also lost a child. If you've not been able to find a group, you may want to consider starting one yourself. Now, here at GPS Hope, we do have a few share and care groups, and we don't have what we consider leaders, but they are facilitators. They're the person who finds a place to meet and gets the word out in their area, and yes, they do kind of get Get the group going, but it's not anything intimidating when we talk about a leader. That's why we call them facilitators, because they just facilitate what's going to happen each time the group gets together. And each group looks different based on what the parents who are meeting need and want. We provide materials as a springboard for support group discussions, but some groups just want to be more informal, and they like to get together for lunch somewhere and let the conversations flow naturally. To find out more about possibly starting a GPS Hope Share and care group in your area, including seeing the agreement form, go to gpshope.org and click directly on the tab that says support groups. And I will also uh, put a link in the show notes to take you directly there so you can see the information if you're interested. And I want to add, if you already have a group that meets and you want to be connected to GPS Hope either as an affiliate group or become a GPS Hope Share and Care group, just send us an email at office at gpshope.org. Let me also say that Jill mentioned being a newsletter editor for a grief support group or an organization. And if you have a skill that you would like to offer us here at GPS Hope, I would love to hear from you. I could especially use someone to uh, volunteer as a virtual assistant. So if you have maybe a skill set that you think might uh, help us out here at GPS Hope, just email us once again at office at GPS Hope. Now, one more thing here, I want to make sure you know that there is something available to you to help you get through the Christmas season. It's an Advent book for bereaved parents called Hope for the Future. The first week is a daily reading about how the birth of Jesus gives us hope and how to nourish that seed of hope that is already in you. All of these are written and framed within being a bereaved parent. The second week of daily readings helps you to grab a hold of the peace that we all so desperately need, showing you that both peace and pain can reside together inside of you. The third week, each day, you'll read about how Jesus came to bring joy. Yes, we can still have joy in our life, and it can become part of your life again in a way that's not necessarily a euphoric happiness, but as a solid undercurrent that carries your grief, and it's a process to get there then week four is all about love. And we are reminded that Jesus coming to this earth as one of us proves how deeply God loves us and that you and I have a unique opportunity to grasp the depths of God's love more than most people do we also see how the love for our child can become a catalyst for some pretty incredible things in our lives beyond what we ever thought possible. Each Sunday evening through the Advent season, you can join me live as I light that week's candle and we share the reading together. Now, Advent starts on November 28th this year. So be sure to order your book now on Amazon or any other major book retailer to make sure that you have it in time. For more information about this book, Hope for the Future. You can go to gpshope.org slash adventbook. All right, let's go ahead and go on to our birthday segment. We have quite a few this week. Timothy Kravitz was born on November seventeenth and is forever twenty seven. Skylar Spencer was born on November twenty-third and is forever twenty-four. Melissa Sulakowski Hill. Was born on November 23rd and is forever 38. Josie Floyd was born on November 24th and is forever 25. Jessica Matajic was born on November 25th and is forever 21. Austin Delgado was born on November 26th and is forever 21. Tyler Green was born on November 26th and is forever 27. Chase Hairston was born on November 28th and is forever 37. Joseph Amaha was born on November 28, and is forever 29. We know how important the birthday of our children still is to each one of us. And so we celebrate the day that these children came into the world. If you would like to have your child's birthday shared with other listeners, just go to gpshope.org birthdays. There's just a, a small form to fill out with the information we need. Submit that and we will add them to our list and share his or her birthday with our listeners the week of their birthday. To wrap things up here, Jill says there are moments in our lives where we find ourselves at a crossroads, feeling lost and alone without a map. And the choices we make in those moments will define the direction of our journey. I want to close by sharing four suggestions Jill makes when you find yourself in that place. First, actively determine what direction to go create some goals, stay active, don't isolate yourself. The second thing is to remember emotions are temporary. Don't allow emotions to sway your decisions because they are not reliable. The third thing is to ask yourself which direction will positively impact your life and others. Pray for guidance in this and use your pain to help others through their pain. And then the last one is to seek help from a support group, maybe a life coach or a counselor if that's where you need to go and what you need to do. Use these to get the tools that you need to help you adapt and navigate through the different road conditions and seasons of grief. Here at GPS Hope, we do our best to provide a lot of resources for you, including a library with all kinds of downloadable things in it, and even a self-help course for rebuilding your life with hope and healing after the death of your child. Be sure to go to our website, gpshope.org, to check it all out and look at what we have for you. I know this is a tough week for our listeners here in the States with our Thanksgiving holiday coming up on Thursday, and I just want you to know that I will be praying for you. Next week, Joe will be back to talk about several of the road signs we will see on our grief journey. I hope you join me. Until then, please hold on. Pain eases. It really does. There is